0: no mind Heidi My, here Dan a hotcker Picky my welcome on board the panel uh, just a traffic update here State Highway 3 Awakino Waikato uh, there's been an underslip uh, and state Highway 3 was closed at the Awakino Gorge south of the intersection with Awako Road but that is reopened at three o'clock from on from three o'clock under stop and go On today, though, the forestry industry has lost its social licence in Tairawhiti due to a culture of poor practices. Talking forestry slash a report calls for an immediate halt. A tenancy tribunal ruling is spooking some landlords who do not want tenants having their pets in their rentals. Could the no pets clause go? And a fast food chain accused of ageism seeking workers from 16 to 60... Is ages and something that you have experienced. And a leaked email to us from the and City Council shows that coffee machines to go from many council floors are. And so we talk about that. And I want to do a snapshot panel poll this afternoon on this issue. Would you support GST off food? Fruit and veg maybe, baby products, milk and cheese. Australia does it to various food groups. Would you support it here? yes. No, why or why not? Text me 2101 With me this afternoon Bupsi Moran, who is an urban strategist and founder of Places for Good, which is a uh, community engagement and placemaking collective. Kia ora
1: Janakwe, Wallace.
0: Good to have you here Also in our the studio, Chris Finlayson, former Attorney General, Minister and National Party member Chris, kia ora. Good to have you back in
2: Oh, Shabbat Shalom, as they say, in Jerusalem today.
0: Lovely, yes, indeed. Bootsy Chris in for Friday afternoon on the panel. Now, let's open the Friday mailbag into this. Should the wealthy pay more tax? That was a big issue yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, and a group of nearly 100 uh, wealthy individuals said they'd pay more tax. And we had Malcolm Rands, the founder of EcoStore. Wealthy individual he is. Someone says, I could not agree with Malcolm Moore. It's a privileged situation to be in that the very wealthy could contribute so much financially to the well-being of the country, not just the charity of the moment, if they choose. I always question why those on low incomes are taxed at all. Not taxing those who earn less than 20K would encourage people to return to the workforce. Now, others wrote in and just said, "Look, why doesn't Malcolm just donate more? pretty simple let's go around the panel on this what's your thoughts on this if you uh, were a uh, multi-billionaire would you be happy to pay more tax
1: yes I think I think when we look at society today and climate in general it's like what can we do as individuals so um, I think when the taxes go up you just we all have to we've all lately been thinking about what we have to give up to help teachers to help nurses and all these things cost money and I think when you look at cities or countries like Sweden or Finland, where it is high, their quality of life and all those things are better. So for me, I would I can see um, their point of view and I agree with being part of a collective.
0: But your, your country has a huge culture of ph- philanthropy.
1: Well, it's interesting though, because a lot of my work is trying to get private public partnerships, but it's not working. And as we can see with my home country, it's not working. Whereas places like Prague, where my father's from, where in Europe they have more taxes and they work... More collectively, the tram still runs at the same time it's run for 40 <laughs> years. So if I have to give and take that, I'll do it.
0: What's your take on this, Chris Finlayson?
2: Well, I can't see why this chap can't uh, be more philanthropic uh, rather than pontificating about the issue. Uh, it seems to me that there's a real need in this country for greater philanthropy. Years ago, when I was Minister for the Arts, I commissioned a piece of work on giving uh, to incentivize, uh, and because Michael Cullen had made some tax changes. Changes which were very good and incentivized personal giving uh, and um, the uptake wasn't that flash it's never been huh. particularly flash because I think all too often people look to the state for assistance and in the arts if more people were philanthropic um, a lot of the problems that the arts community faces would be overcome. So the short answer is I totally disagree uh, that more tax is the answer, but I think greater philanthropy uh, is a way of addressing many of the uh, social ills that we have in this country.
1: Okay. What I appreciate, though, from Malcolm was that it started from an international movement. So when he was asked three years ago, and there's people like the owner of Les Mills, who I was super impressed Has taken the plunge and there's actors and there's people that are making a million or a hundred million just saying that don't think we don't think one side speaks for all of us. Let's look at it and see who's interested and maybe it's a possibility because there are countries. Where philanthropy is kind of a picking and choosing of who to give money to, so you can have one lucky school that gets, or like the Wellington Hospital gets fifty million. But what happens if you're an Aucklander and there's not that philanthropy? You're less likely to live. I like feel like that's dangerous.
0: Big disagreement on this one. So Bob says yes, uh, Chris says no. And Chris, so you, you look, you go to the the art gallery don't you? For example, the Auckland Art Gallery. They have got a big roll call of people who have donated. What are you saying? Are you are you putting a call for those who are wealthy, like say? Malcolm Rand's give more.
1: Yeah,
2: give more. I mean, you go to the Auckland Art Gallery and there, there was that tremendous um, uh, bequest by... Uh, uh, well, he was an honorary knight, Robertson of New York, and that's the kind of attitude that we need in this country. That, that's the guy who uh, uh, started Kauri Clifts and a um, oh, Kidnappers golf course. He's made a huge contribution to New Zealand Now Deceased, but he said he would leave some wonderful paintings to the Auckland um, Art Gallery, and it's because, uh, because of that... It's such a significant gallery in the scheme of things. So, uh, look, I'm very involved in the arts, uh, and um, tax isn't going to address many of the issues uh, that the arts face, but greater philanthropy, people... Helping the NZSO, people helping the Sargent Art Gallery, uh, and contributing to the Auckland Art Gallery either in specie or with money—that's the kind of thing I think would make this a much richer and um, interesting society. You're just but going tax is not the answer,
0: Bootsy, You're just going red.
1: I just—I don't know. I'm a relief teacher. <laughs> Old-time socialist. Uh, there's old. I'm I'm forty years old, so young-time socialist. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel. That we have a situation where just today a friend is leaving to Australia because they make $500 a day teaching. And if we want to help society, we need to be more creative and we see what's happening in America and philanthropy is not working.
0: Okay, good discussion. We uh, the want answer
2: to... to teaching is performance pay so that the duds don't get paid as much as the good ones.
0: Okay, all uh. right, let's return to this uh, <laughs> next week, but uh, good discussion uh, on that. By the way, our SNAP panel poll, a lot coming in already. Would you support GST off um, food? In, New Zealand, in the way that Australia does it text me yes or no, uh, the results out at 4.35 today. Now, I, can I just address this, please? I have to come back to this. I got a bit of feedback yesterday that people said, I said on the radio that Santa does not exist. It's school drive and uh, it upsets some people. I was reading out a text. It wasn't me that said it. For example, Steve wrote in saying... It's 3.55pm the 11th of May 2023 and thousands of New Zealand children on the way home from school with their mums and dads learn from a listener text that Wallace Chapman read out that Santa doesn't exist. Bet you don't read out this one, says Steve. Well, here we go. Funny anecdote though. So, I thought I'd put this to bed, kids. And earlier, I called Santa myself. Uh, Hello, I'm looking for Santa, please. Uh, Speaking. Fantastic. Uh, Santa, how are you? Oh, actually, I'm busy. Uh, what can I do for you? Oh, no, I didn't, no, no, sorry. Look, I just wanted to clarify, you do exist. I exist, yes. So how are things? Uh, look, we'll leave it there if that's okay. Oh, I'm a bit right. um, busy. Okay, <laughs> no worries, Santa, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. There you go, so that clears that up. Was that Grant doesn't? Robertson? <laughs>
1: We call him on sports. No,
0: no, it wasn't Grant Robinson and it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, our office manager Darren Z or anything like that. No. It was absolutely Santa. So kids if you're listening, he does exist. Also many memories of uh, bikes growing up. You love the memories of cycling, particularly the chopper bike. We talked about that, didn't we, yesterday? I had a rally twenty, said someone converted to a chopper, a big gold speckled banana seat, big ape hanger handlebars and quite Quite often a peg holding a piece of stiff cardboard or plastic that was positioned to rattle against the wheel spokes, making a motorbike uh, engine noise. So thank you very much for that round the pedal head. Were you a did you grow up cycling as a kid,
2: Chris? No, I didn't. I had a tricycle, but I never cycled. And it's one of the many aspects of my life that makes me feel inadequate.
0: Okay. Of
2: I had a nice tricycle though yeah.
1: I had the pegs in the back with the three friends and my parents just made sure I came home before dark
0: Indeed. Okay. Uh, it is five to four. It is time for I've been thinking of that moment where the panelists reach into their hearts and uh, throw into you something really quite surprising and amazing. And I know that so you are dying to talk about this. I've been thinking, what is it?
1: Well, I fell for the recent NZTA phishing scam text. And it's because I'm one of those people that pay as I go across the northern toll. So I panicked that I hadn't paid. I put in my rego. And almost had money taken out, but just caught it just in time. And it made me think, what other ways can I pay this toll? And so I realized that most people these days, because I used to um, stop, park, put the money in. I loved doing that with the kids. It was fun. Or stop at the BP. And I realized you can have your credit card now with NZTA, which means you'll never get caught out. And so then I started thinking, oh, in California, I have the fast track. In New York, you pay the human. In Europe, you constantly pay every 20Ks and throw coins. And does that still exist? So I'm wondering with listeners how, if they've gone overseas, how do they pay in places like Seoul? Or how do you pay your toll when you're driving around places? Because, um, yeah, I got tricked by not paying mine or thinking I hadn't paid mine.
0: You got scammed. Scammed. It's a text. Un- un- Unbelievable, isn't it? Um, they are be- becoming so sophisticated, Chris, these days. I check everything, even the credible emails. I go, hmm, is that real from my bank?
2: Oh, I agree. You've just got to check everything. And sometimes I've uh, made a mistake and I've got on to the office manager to sort it out fast because they are becoming increasingly so- sophisticated and it's no reflection uh, on the uh, person who receives it a lot yeah. of these people are very smart
0: Very good, thank you Boopsy. Okay, I've been thinking, Chris Finlayson
2: Well I've been thinking about a lot of things but I've been particularly thinking this afternoon of the, the crew of that container ship that's uh, in serious strife in Tasman Bay I love uh, ships and I had a good look at that one when it was wasn't basically impounded but it certainly couldn't leave port in Wellington for about a month and then it left uh, yesterday uh, and now it's in strife and so I've been thinking about how the hell was it that it got um, permission to leave the port of Wellington and I've also been thinking about what Darren Ponta, the chair of the Wellington Regional Council says, it just highlights the point that we need an ocean going tug and there's something coming down from New Plymouth uh, to uh, provide some um, assistance to that ship in distress but it just happened to be in New Zealand doing some work on the oil rigs but, um, so I've been thinking why did it leave port, how was it able to leave port and why is it that after these sorts of incidents, in particular over the Kaitaki, that there's not uh, some positive movement towards getting an ocean-going tug for the Wellington region.
1: I kind of feel like infrastructure would be better taken care of if we had paid more taxes.
2: Or if we had decent regional councillors.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. In terms of. uh, Because does New Zealand not have one decent ocean going tug?
2: On the west coast of the North Island down to around Wellington, the answer is we don't. the tugs in Wellington Gosh. can can basically go out as far as the heads as I understand it, but when the Kaitaki got into trouble off Wellington's south coast, uh, there were serious logistical problems, so it's something that i um, I hope the Regional Council is going to uh, get on with because it's a as you can see with that ship it's in serious trouble uh, and it needs help and it doesn't need help in two weeks' time it needs it now.
0: Very good. Uh, and the panel are NZ National. If the supermarket can change seven charge seven dollars for a cabbage, I'm all for taking GST off food. Paul says no to taking GST off food. The administrative costs of doing this outweigh the gains. There are much better ways to address this issue, such as more competition in the grocery sector. So um, a snap poll, panel poll this afternoon. Should we remove GST off food in Aotearoa in a way that Australia doesn't, does it? Text me 2101. Friday's panel, Chris Finlayson and
1: Boopsie Moran.